0: Up your, volume. Up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick, Podcast. the Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston four, Montreal three. LaFleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into the air Back to LaFleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You know, I, I, I <laughs> You're in the oh. Sports Entertainment, like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la une passe devant. Et c'est sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le 23 de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick.
1: Happy Friday, everybody! Producer Shane filling in for Matt O'Han tonight, who is not in, in Florida with Tony. Okay, he just caught a bug; he's sick. He lost his voice, so obviously that's a bit of an issue. So I'm glad to fill in for him. Not so glad that I had to watch that game, however. Um, snooze fest, I think, is is probably the appropriate term, and we'll we'll get into it with our good friend Jared Book and just. A moment, but first, obviously, we have to thank our sponsors for bringing you this show. Starting with Energy Transportation Group, they're a full they're a leading full service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. As well, La CB brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La BitCB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bête embrace your true nature. As well, Playground, experience the world-renowned poker experience with free food and drinks at their cash game tables, a bat-beat jackpot that is closing in on $1.5 million, weekly promotions, daily tournaments, and unmatched customer service. Why play anywhere else located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal, Playground and last but not least, Sport Buff Shop. Shop all your sports licensed lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, and tees of your favorite teams from all major leagues at sportsbuff.com. Use code SICK10 for 10% off all their items. All right, let's bring him in from Habs Eyes on the Prize, Jared Buck. Glad to see you're still awake, my friend. Uh, <laughs> granted, you know what that that last part of the third period was sort of exciting, I guess. But my goodness, what a terrible game that was!
2: Yeah, you know the the first two games were kind of like the the chaotic preseason. Uh, this game this game was just the the going through the motions preseason. Like there was there was nothing good about that. Like even you know like when when your best player is John Parker Jones it's it's not a good game and and that's no disrespect to John Parker Jones I think he'll even admit that he shouldn't be the best player on the ice uh yeah. for a team so uh yeah it it was it was not a very pretty game um we're getting to that point in the preseason where the veterans are just like all right let's get to let's get to the first game and all the rookies exactly. are like all right we're probably not going <laughs> to we're, we're not at the level we need to be to be in the NHL so um it, it's kind of a a catch 22 and you, you get games like this unfortunately
1: sometimes yeah exactly i mean <laughs> credit to John Parker Jones cuz he did play a great game and and i think i think he will stick with Laval i don't know that he's going to get sound, sent down to trois rivieres this year but we have to touch on the power play okay, and and i get it right we put it in into context there's only about two players that played power play tonight that will play the PP during the regular season. That being Josh Anderson and, and Sean Monahan. Everyone else was is, is not supposed to be on the power play. So w- w- we'll preface with that. But that being said, wow, <laughs> just horrible. Just not, like worse than than even I imagined. And they let in a goal, right? Uh, credit to Matthew Nyes and Fraser Minton, who I didn't know before coming into this game, really showed up. But good Lord, like like nothing even remotely, was mo- remotely close to happening on the power plays. And there were a ton of them.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of a, a mix of two things. First of all, you know, these are not the players who are practicing the power play even, right? Like, you know, even when they're doing reps, in, in practice or, you know, throughout training camp, it's not, you're not going to have, you know, Jake Evans out there, right? Like he's not the guy who's going to be there. Having said that, there are a lot of players who are going to be on Laval's top power play or were on Laval's top power play. And that one was pretty good. <laughs> and it was <laughs> uh, it, 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 it yeah. just wasn't, wasn't working. And, and I think that what you're seeing is that it, it's, it's a scheme issue. It's not mm-hmm. a player issue because when you have five players and the other team has four, you should be able to at least get some scoring chances, right? It doesn't matter who your players are. And it's yeah. not like the Leafs had the best penalty killers in the world out there either, right? Like it's you should be able to generate something. And I think what we're seeing is what we've seen for the last, you know, three, four, five years, is that the Canadians' power play scheme is just not very good. And and yes, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield can can cover up some of those blemishes uh, but not many of them as, as we've seen the last couple of years and, and especially not when you have uh, you know Yo Armia and, and Brendan Gallagher and you know y- yes yes they're they're very hardworking players a lot of the time but you know Justin Barron like he's a good power play player usually and he was mm-hmm. handling the puck like it was a grenade out there yeah. and it, it's just it's it's not frustrating at this point because it's been happening for so long uh and I don't know obviously you don't want to show all your tricks either right now um but but it just seems like a lot of the um players out there just they, they know what to do like they've they've scored power play goals I've seen you yeah. know Nick <laughs> and, and, and Justin Barron score power play goals before they're not that bad uh but
1: tonight was not a, a shining a
2: shining statement uh, by any means.
1: Far from it. Far from it. Um, Now, now staying on the power play for a second, obviously we haven't seen, you know, the full units yet, but in the regular season, right? Like you mentioned, we're, we're getting used to seeing a below average power play to be kind, right? It's, it's, it's never been a threat for the Habs. So you seem to be hinting towards scheming, which would be the responsibility of Alex Burrows, who is in charge of the power play. Now, how long do you wait in the regular season? Like how much how much leash do you give him? Because it's not it's not been working right. And we like the Habs have the tools. So what do we do in that scenario?
2: I mean, it's been two and a half years and they haven't done anything. So I, I mean, when's the time to change? I don't know. But I mean, you know, yes, I, I don't want to blame him a hundred percent for mm-hmm. you know when he took over. Um, I mean that you know the the expectation when he took over for Kirk Muller, remember, was that oh he's gonna fix it. And Mm -hmm. and he didn't. (laughs) Um, even in that playoff run, the the power play was not very good. Uh and then when you know last year, you know, the 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 half Ducharme, half St. Louis year was I mean, you know, no one was scoring um in that first half of the season. And then you know, Martin Saint Louis came on, and everyone's like, "Oh, maybe, he'll, maybe he'll fix the power play," and and still, it, it doesn't look very good. And so mm-hmm. I just, I I don't know how many times they have to try doing the same thing and realizing it's not going to work yeah. uh, before changing things. And, and like I said, it's still preseason. You know, they, they might be working on things that we're not seeing in games. Like I, I don't think this unit, other than the morning skate today, and even today was a, a an optional skate. I don't think this unit ever practiced the power play together, right? So I don't want to read too much into this game in particular or even in the preseason. Um, it's a lot like football, right? Football, teams don't show their whole playbook in the preseason, uh, especially when you're playing divisional rivals like the Canadians are in the entire preseason. Like, they play Ottawa and Toronto six games. Uh, you don't want to necessarily show all your tricks. But, but, yeah, I mean, at a certain point, you have to think that they're going to change something. Um, and the power play didn't look that bad uh, in the Ottawa game. Uh, I, I found no. that he got yeah. chances. Um, I, I was really impressed with Matthias Norlander who didn't really get power play minutes in Laval either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he really um showed that he can belong. He, he set up Cole Coffo for a couple of chances uh, in that one. So I, I'm not reading too much into it, but but I think that yeah, eventually something's going to have to change. We we thought it would maybe change before last season, and it didn't really. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the expectation is that this year, it should get better. But but I mean, if they don't, I mean, they're going to have to change something. Um, whether it's the, the coach who's in charge of it or just, you know, not trying the, the exact same thing they've been trying for the last, you know, what seems like two and a half years, three years. Um, I feel like if you told Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield to just go out there and try something, they'd probably have more success than trying to, think too much like they, they seem <laughs> to be it. doing a lot so yeah uh but yeah i mean it's it's concerning but but also this is it's not like they're expected to make the playoffs so like if they lose a couple of games because they don't score um on the power play as often as they should is it really that big of a deal but eventually you know you're gonna have to put the feet to the fire at some point um whether it's this year or next year mm-hmm. uh or or whenever because the talent is coming you can see it, you know, it wasn't so evident tonight, let's be honest, but the talent is coming in this organization. Like there's going to be uh, some players who are going to be expected to score on the power play. They already have. Like when you have Cole Caulfield and they haven't had him for 82 games yet, let's let's be honest mm-hmm. there. But if you have him for 82 sure. games, you're going to expect a good number of power play goals just from him alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, the pressure's going to mount at some point, but yeah, it's, I, again I don't want to read too much into this game because it was really ugly. Um but <laughs> it's it's preseason. You know, you mentioned the regulars aren't really there. Uh even, even a guy like Anderson and Monaghan, they're probably gonna be on the second power play unit, not the first. Mm-hmm. Uh so I mean it, it's not really um that big a deal. I mean, I thought they had some good looks, um, even today's game. I mean, you had Joshua Waugh, who was on the the right wall, I think it was in the, the second period. Where he had a couple of good looks, and just they were just a little bit too slow. Like Gallagher had a a, a pass in his skates. Uh, Boudin was just a little bit too slow to reverse the ice a little mm-hmm. bit. So, they 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 had some good looks, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it wasn't anything to hang your head on if you're Alex Burrows, that's for sure.
1: Oh no 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 no, that's it. But when when the time comes to be competitive, you need your special units. You need your PK. Yes. You need your PP to be elite to be threatening. And right now it's not so. Anyways, we're not there yet. That's that's the good part in, in a sense. Um, and we haven't even seen Lane Hudson yet, who will likely be <laughs> the PP quarterback. So patience with that. We're not panicking yet. The time will come though. Um, <laughs> now, a player that you you've mentioned already is Justin Barron. Um, you know, obviously a massive turnover on the power play caused, you know, the Matthew nice goal overall, not his game, but you know what against New Jersey, I really liked his game. So it's, it's like, I don't want to talk too fast, but I still think that he needs some time in Laval. Where do you see him starting the season? Uh,
2: You know, if you would have asked me before camp started, I would have been like, he's, he's going to start the NHL and it's, it's starting. I would have said the same thing in the beginning of last year's camp. And mm-hmm. it's starting to be the same story where he's he's kind of playing himself out of a spot. I, I say kind of because I don't really know if there's anybody really to replace him on that right side right now. Like Gustav Lindstrom is is great, but I think he, he's more of a you know seventh uh a seventh defenseman. So I, I don't know what they're gonna do on that right side. Obviously, David Savard has one of those spots to start to start the season, that, that's, that's for lot. sure. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they're going to start the season with David Reinbacher there. Yeah. I it's it's hard to say, but I mean, if Baron does get sent down, obviously he's one of the guys who doesn't need waivers either. That's so. If they want to put like either Gouley or, or Harris on on the other side, um, they could probably get away with it. Obviously, Kovačević is is another guy who's on that right side who, uh, does need waivers and and will will likely. Uh, have a spot so it's going to be interesting to see what they do but I I, I like Justin Barron as a player he just seems yes. to have really he just seems to have really slow starts in camp and this is the second year in a row that this is kind of he's kind of playing himself out of a spot at times um, but I mean again I don't want to read too much into one game because it, it's kind of hard also to be a puck moving defenseman when it seems like most of your, li- your teammates are going at 70% speed like, Josh Anderson wasn't playing full out. And that's no disrespect to mm-hmm. Josh Anderson. He doesn't yeah. need to. Um, same thing with, you know, guys like Pat Pearson and, and Gallagher. I remember right after they signed Travis Moen, like, for like, you know, probably like 10 years ago at this point, um, and, and he had a really bad preseason. And people were like, oh, no, like, you know, did they did they sign a guy who was washed up? And I remember it was somebody who said that, like, a guy like Travis Moen can't play like Travis Moen. 82 games plus playoffs plus preseason like yeah. that just it just doesn't work that way and i feel like guys like anderson and gallagher and monahan uh and pearson are kind of in that spot like you can't have asked them to play their game through preseason also like they're just trying to get to the season healthy so and that's hard for a guy like baron right like and even yeah. you know the the other d on 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 the team as well today i mean i i feel like you know you have some guys going you know, 70, 80 percent speed, and and it, it just it isn't easy, you know. That's why the offsides happen. That's why a lot of things uh look out of sync on um on the power play as well. So it's just one of those things like you 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 noticed in the last two minutes when they had like the chances to tie the game, everybody started playing better. And, mm-hmm. and that's when yeah. you could see like the effort being there. And and again it's preseason. like I'm not you know like it's it's normal that, that happens, right? These guys aren't aren't going to to play like they're, they're going to play in the regular season. I think that that's, that's the case. And that, was, that makes it hard for guys who are made to pass the puck or move the puck up ice and, and make that first pass because they're not necessarily getting open as much as they would in a regular season game.
1: That's it. That's it. I have to highlight, you know, Baron did make a really nice block there and it led to an offensive opportunity that was a great play, right? So it's these flashes that, that he has that you can see there's potential there. And if it's developed properly, this guy is going to be a lock for an NHL defenseman for for many years. And him being a right-handed defenseman is a hot commodity. So I I, I really want to hone in on his development this year. I, like He needs to get all the chances he can get. I think he'll get those in Laval, right? Running that PP1, first pairing, get, getting those minutes. I feel like that's, the best fit for him. Now two players, you know, when, when I first saw the, the lineup for tonight, I can't really say I get excited, right? Like, Oh, okay. You know, Joshua was playing cool. Owen Beck, nice. Uh, but there were two new faces that Habs fans had yet to see that being uh, Tanner Pearson and Gustav Lindstrom playing their first game at the bell center. Now Pearson to me was invisible, for the most part, like didn't really stand out, didn't do anything substantial, but at the same time, being invisible means you didn't do anything bad either. Right. So it's, it's, he's just in the middle. Right. So um where do you f- kind of see Tanner piercing fitting in the lineup? Because he brings something, you're, right. This is a young team. He's a veteran. He's won the Stanley cup. He is valuable within this lineup, but I'm not, I'm just not sure where.
2: Yeah, I, I think that the the thing with the Canadians uh, at forward right now is that they have like all the pieces pretty much locked in, but mm-hmm. where they go is is kind of up in the air. And and I think that that's that's one of those things. Like a guy like Pearson, like you know, he's he had the scrimmage, the the red white scrimmage when he played with Caulfield and Suzuki, uh, and now you know tonight he played with um, you know Evans and, and Gallagher. Uh, I think, and, or Anderson, or, I, you know, they, they were mixing up that kind of those top two lines a little bit. Uh, and, and I kind of see him, that's kind of where I think he'll be, right? He'll be on that third or fourth line. Uh, I think they're going to give every opportunity to guys like Uriah Sarkovsky and, um, and Raphael Harvey-Pinard, uh, among others, in, in the, that kind of, I, I think the Canadians are going to be more of a top nine team, especially, you know, if they put Doc and Newhook at center. Uh, I, I think that that's really where they're going to be. Yeah. Um, so you know the order doesn't really bother me that much, um, but I, I think that he'll be either in that top nine or just outside of it. And it, you know the Canadians are going to have a much better fourth line than they did for for a lot of last yes. year. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yes, a lot of that was injuries. Um, but but you start the season, I think you know they had you know Evans, Armia, uh to start the year in the fourth line, and that's probably you know, going to be close to what it's going to be this year. Um, but but I think you're going to have you know, sometimes Gallagher might be on that fourth line. Um, you know, Pearson might be on that fourth line. And I think that's kind of where he fits. But but the advantage of those guys is that if there are injuries, they can play a little bit higher up in the lineup. And, you know, this team isn't going – like, you know, if Tanner Pearson is in your top six or Brendan Gallagher is in your top six in, in 2023, that's not necessarily a good thing. But this Canadians team is not competing anyway, so it doesn't really matter if they're your you know your second options or third options. And, and I think that's where he is. And, and like I alluded to before, you know, him being invisible is, is fine. Like, it's not really exactly. a big deal. He has one year left on his contract. Like, he, there, there's no you know, he was traded for somebody who, you know, most Canadians fans will not remember was even part of the organization. <laughs> um, And again, that's no, that's no disrespect to Casey DeSmith. It's just one of those things, right? So it, mm-hmm. it just, it, it's one of those things where it's, it's, he's a, he's a good veteran to have. He's there. So you don't have to rush a guy like Joshua Roy into the NHL right away. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's, it's uh it's gonna be very interesting because they have a lot of players who can play up in the lineup and have played up in the lineup who might not. So I mean they're they're gonna they're gonna be every time I look at this Canadian's roster, they don't strike me as like, oh, they're gonna make the playoffs, but they strike me as like this team isn't gonna be that bad. Like if they stay no, healthy, they 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 have they have some some interesting depth pieces. Like, you know, if you would have to told me like you know Tanner Pearson, Brendan Gallagher, in your in your bottom six, like okay, that that's where they should be. It, it's not bad, uh, especially if you have a third line with Newhook, who's uh, who, who's looked pretty good um, so far as well. So it, it's going to be very interesting. And, and yeah, I, I see Pearson is more of like a a guy who's just there to to make things better and is more flexible than a guy like Mike Hoffman would have been. Right, like Mike Hoffman has to play offensively, yep, and that's it. Right, Tanner Pearson's a little bit more flexible and a little bit more, uh, roles you can play him in. And I think that's that that versatility helps him. It helps a guy like Brendan Gallagher, it even helps a guy like Joel Army. I, I know that a lot of people don't like him, and you know, his, he doesn't live up to his salary, but but I mean, he's a guy who can, you know, if he's on your fourth line, like that's not that bad. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of playoff teams that would want Joel you know, Army on, on their fourth line, and um it's just a situation where you know he gets those chances and doesn't look very good when he has the puck but i mean you know we're a few years away from arturi lekin and being that guy and and he turned out to be uh pretty good once he started converting some of those chances like i'm not saying that are comparable but there there's a there's a thing for being in the right place at the right time that often um that if you don't convert you know it's it's not the end of the world but a lot of times like he does make frustrating plays like that's 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 the that's the thing that happens with him sometimes
1: and that's it, and tonight was no exception because it, it it was tough to watch I'm not gonna lie you know he he was giving he was given a lot of opportunity he was playing with Monahan and anderson, he was getting power play time just nothing happened, and in fact, I thought you know he 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 hurt the team almost in in some situations it really sucks to see because we know that when Joel Armia turns it on, this guy's getting, you know, a hat-trick, right? He'll go, like, 20 games without scoring, doing nothing, and then one random Tuesday night, he'll he'll score three goals and be the best player you ever seen. It's, it's so frustrating that he can't find the consistency to be the player that he was drafted to be because he was drafted, like, fairly high. I think, like, top 15, top 16 or something by Buffalo. So, oh, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with Armia there. But tonight, I mean... He, that nah, didn't really give a uh, leave a good impression I'll say
2: yeah I mean again you don't want to read too much into veterans in the preseason like they're still getting their 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 feel for the puck right like there's there's, there's something to be said for playing you know and the, the things that he's doing wrong is like converting chances picking up the puck and yes those are things that he's done in the regular season too uh but but I feel like the when you get touches and you saw it a little bit, even with, with your eyes in the first game, like there was a Hmm. lot of rust early on. Like he was in the right spot. He was doing the right thing, but just not doing the right thing with the puck. Uh, And then as he started playing more and then in the second game, he looked a lot better. And and I think that that's something that's, that's going to happen as well for, for a lot of the guys. And, you know, Armia is, is just, I, (laughs) We have to stop expecting too much of him. Like he it, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like it's kind I, I don't want to compare the two because it's completely different, but it's kind of like Jonathan Duran. Like, like, yes, there's potential there, but he's told us over and over again what kind of player he is. Like your army is a middle six, bottom six player who's gonna, you know, be in the right place in the right time, but he's also gonna, you know, squander some chances every now and then. Like that's just who he is. And I I, I you know he's a good player to have in the playoffs. Like he watched that playoff run. He was like winning every board battle right. he was in. Like he, that's what he does well. Uh, and he's going to, he, he's smart. Like he put, he puts himself in good positions. That's why he's always in a good spot to do something. And then, you know, sometimes makes the wrong decision. And that's just, yeah. it's just kind of what he is at this point. Right. And, and you kind of have to take the good of the bad. The good is that he's getting those situations. Um, and that's what good players do. But, you know, yeah you know let's face it if you if he was converting on all of his chances or making good plays all the time um he'd be paid even more than he's being paid now right like my god yeah it's just one of those things but i mean it's it's frustrating but i mean those are the things you you have to learn to live with like there's a lot of players who play bottom six minutes who are in the right spot and just can't do anything with it right like um you know when those those you know bottom six players get two on ones and miss the net and don't even get a shot like it happens uh, and and your army is is a is a big target um because he's a big player, he's always he's always involved, right? Like that's why that's he doesn't really you don't miss him, right? Like Tanner Pearson, you mentioned he's invisible. Like Yo Army, can't be invisible because he's always near the pocket. It's just an, he's he's always in good position, and but for him, it's like a blessing and a curse, right? Like it's a good thing, nice but it's him. also a bad thing because he's he's always under the spotlight, yep. um, and and he doesn't always make the right play and takes a little too long and um that's just that's just what he is but luckily he's not being relied on to do much more right like it's not like the uh you know 3 4 years ago when he was asked to to be in like the the second line right like mm. that, that's not the role he's asked to play anymore but uh he still has value and and i think that as that contract gets to its end uh there will be playoff teams that will want him in the lineup and and if the canadians are a playoff team by that point they will want him yeah. because you know you talk about this team and there is a concern about the size and a lot of small forwards. He's just a guy that that just is, is a big body and, and is heavy and um, really wears the other team down. And, and I think that there's value in that um, as well, even if he's not scoring or making plays as often as you would like.
1: That's it. That's it. And th- there's another Finn on the team that is battling for that, you know, <laughs> lower, like, Bottom six spot, and that is Yessi Alonen, right? And tonight he, he had a bit of pretty big opportunity playing with Owen Beck and Joshua Roy, two very offensively minded players who can you know generate some stuff. I didn't mind Yessi Alonen tonight. I thought he had some good flashes, and I like that he was used on the PK as well. I thought that was interesting, and he did fairly well. You know, that's not a facet that we're used to. We, we know him as the shooter, right? The, the, that power play guy, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that he can be useful on the back end as well. So as it stands today, like, do you think Jesse Lona makes the team?
2: Yes. And the reason for that is, is because I don't think they want to put him on waivers because I think he get picked up. For sure. And and it's for the reasons you mentioned, like he, he, he's a lot more versatile than he was when he first came to the rocket. Uh, When he first came to the rocket, he was a shooter. He would have that shot on the the half wall on the power play, and that would basically be it. That that was his game, and and the scoring numbers. You know, people are like, okay, when is he going to score more? And and that, that's not really the key to his game. The key to his the shot will always be there. The shot will always play. Um, you know, even even you know on on the power play when it's not playing well, he's still a threat there, especially. Uh, the the first preseason game he had like a ton of chances on that half wall that's that's his that's his bread and butter right there and i think that that's you know you see him on the pk they're kind of you know if he makes the team it's going to be in that kind of bottom six role where he's not necessarily going to get top power play minutes but if you can also kill penalties then that that's another avenue to make the team and i think that that's why you know joshua was floor is so high is because even if he doesn't score as much as he did in junior or at the World Juniors, he, he's becoming a really good penalty killer and four-checker, yep. and, and I think that that's something that a lot of these players, you know, in the organization are going to have to learn uh, because they're not all going to play in the top six. Uh, there's there's just too many of them. So so I think the more versatile you are, the the, the more chances you have. And Joel Bouchard, when he was a coach of the Rockets, said, you know, if you're a center, you have four spots. If you can play the wing, you have eight spots. If you can play both, you have 12 spots. And I think that that's that's kind of what what he's trying to do. If you can kill penalties and play power play and uh, be be a a good player at both ends, then you have a lot more opportunity. And he don't mind putting you in that fourth line role, right? Like, it's a lot different than... um, And he's getting older, so he doesn't really need to necessarily get, you know, minutes. He just needs to play in the NHL, I think. And and I think that he's a player that that will make the team. I don't know if there's going to be a spot for him opening night, depending on injuries. And whatever else happens, but I, I definitely think that he's going to be at least an extra body because I don't think they want to put him on waivers because he has value, um, and and there, there's a lot of value to that um, going forward. And, and I think that he's he deserves it. I, I think that he's been been a player who you saw at the end of last season. He wasn't scoring as much, but he was he was he was he was in the right place a lot. And, and I think that there's a lot to be said to that um, for for a player who you know they spent a the second round pick on him. Uh, mm-hmm. and have developed him and and i think that they'll they'll want to keep him around
1: yeah you know i, I also agree like i think i think he has a spot on this team I, I wouldn't i wouldn't gamble with you know waivers and speaking of waivers right we have to mention caden primo who it's looking like the avenue he's gonna be taking right granted he did look good tonight like 20 what was it 24 saves on 26 shots the two goals he allowed can't really do much, right? Like, as just a laser by Matthew Nice. and then you know the goal, second goal deflected off Owen Beck. It's it's just a tough bounce, but I, I thought he was calmer tonight. I thought you know he didn't he didn't look as how can I say like stressed or, or jittery maybe. Um, I felt him calm, and, and every second that he's on the ice counts for him, right? Because he is fighting for a job, he, and. You know, granted, if he doesn't get picked up, he's going to go back to Laval, where he's comfortable, where we know he's going to he's going to perform. But at the same time, he's fighting for other teams, right? There's other other teams that need goalies that are watching this right now, and they know this guy might be available any minute, and they might just jump on him and take take a gamble.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you see a guy like like Spencer Martin being claimed on waivers. Like go- goalies are really easy to claim on waivers, especially multiple like earlier. Yeah especially early in the season, uh, especially you know in camp, because the teams always are looking for. Like it's easy to to stash a goalie as your third goalie on the roster, um, and and I think that there's the you know look Montreal and claims Samuel Montembeau, um a, a couple of years ago, uh, and and he's he's kind of in the same position that Primo was in, right? A, a guy yeah. who had a a good junior career. Um, you know, I could argue that, that Primo had an even better NCAA career than Montembeau did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, he, he gets claimed. He, he doesn't really perform. He, he kind of hit and miss. And now he's become a, a true NHL goalie, um, you know, representing Canada at the World Championships. Uh, and, and I think that, that Primo is kind of in that same spot. And and I, I would be surprised if the Canadians, I wouldn't be surprised if the Canadians held three goalies to open the season um they have a lot of players who can go down uh with with, without needing waivers uh even if it's short term but you know it wouldn't surprise me if they you know maybe you know the tap bay is a team that need goaltending you know do do they um do they maybe you know say hey you're you're not gonna get one of these guys on waivers uh do you want to trade for you know a primo or even a jake allen um Mm -hmm. you know Maybe even I don't think they're going to trade Montano, but that, you know he'd obviously bring back a lot more. He has a better salary, um, but but I think that the Canadians have a lot of options. Uh, and and what's interesting to me is I wonder if they don't make a change of goaltending and bring in a goaltender who doesn't need waivers on an NHL contract because right the concerning thing for me is if they trade Allen or Primo, let's say, or if they lose Primo on waivers. The only call-up option they have is Jakob Dobish, and I don't know if you want to necessarily rush him into the NHL so. um, in, in his first professional season. So the, there is a need for the Canadians to get another goalie under NHL contract, and obviously I don't think they want to use a fifth spot on a goalie, technically six because they have Kerry Price um, on there. So I don't know if they want to use a spot on a goalie without losing one, but I think if they do – make a trade for a goalie they get one back that doesn't need waivers that can move up and down easily uh maybe even a goalie who clears waivers you know as we get closer to the the start of the season a goalie who cleared waivers already flip him um and and have have another option because you know we've seen it the last couple years um where goalie you know even primo primo has been pushed into an nhl role a lot sooner than he would have liked didn't perform well you know, there was that crazy year when they had to bring up Michael McNiven, who was hurt, oh, yeah. <laughs> and 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 he played a period, and um, you know was was obviously hurt. Montembeau played the half season hurt, right? He needed surgery as soon as the season ended. Like, like you don't want to be in that situation where you have, you know, Dobish in his in his first professional season, um, forced to play NHL minutes or sit on the bench um, when he should be playing hockey games. And I think that that's that's a um, a, a, a pretty big concern, I would say, um, or should be, um, front of mind for the organization. That hey, if you if you lose primo on waivers, um, and and then somebody gets hurt, or if you trade one of your goalies and then somebody gets hurt, they need to have somebody else there. And, and I think that that's uh, that's something. And we mentioned the forwards that they have. Um, they obviously have a lot of D as well. Like that, they have the the bandwidth to make a kind of move like that. Um, and I'm curious if they do because I I think that that as we get into the season, that that's something you know they have depth in Laval, right? They have Strosman, yeah. they have Zachary Emo. Th- those are guys who can play minutes in Laval, absolutely. The the issue is they're on AHL contracts; they can't be called up. So, either they're going to have to sign one of those guys or they're going to have to do something else. You know, if it gets to that point, um, and and I think that they want to have maybe a little bit more flexibility. At least I would. If I was in charge of Canadians, I would want to have more yeah. flexibility um there and i think that's a concern like it's not a big concern if you keep primo as a third goalie whatever that's fine um but then you know if you lose one of your goalies it it becomes thin very quickly
1: that's it that's it i mean fingers crossed the the best case scenario would be (laughs) that primo clears waivers he's in laval everybody everybody's happy he's still in the organization but it is it is a risk because he is playing well so far and there is potential with him so I I really wouldn't be surprised if the team picked him up if he were on waivers. Um, Now, like I mentioned, there were very few players that I was excited to see tonight, but one of them was most definitely Joshua Roy because he has been excellent so far in training camp. I mean, if you're going strictly based off merit, I think he deserves a spot on this team. Will he? Probably not because you want to ease him into the pros, get him some time in Laval, big minutes, right? But man, is he good! Like to, even tonight, you know, he he didn't uh, show up on the stat sheet, but it's fine. He played a fantastic game. He was reliable on both ends, as we've come to know recently, uh, and just overall, uh, I, I was really, really pleased with this game.
2: Yeah, I, I think that what you're seeing in, in Joshua Hua is kind of the the best case scenario with him. Like, like he just doesn't have a bad game. No, nope. and, and 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 I think that that's. That's one of those things where players played their way into those situations, right? Like, you know, he rem- like even when he was a junior player, he reminded me of Brendan Gallagher, where they just kept him around because they they couldn't cut him. Like there was no chance that Brendan Gallagher, his first year in camp, was going to make that team. But he was like one of the last cuts because they just didn't yeah. want to send him back to junior. Uh, and Joshua was is kind of, you know, him and Jared Davidson have really been the the eye openers. In, in this this training camp, and I, yep. I, maybe not eye opener for Hua because he's he's been on the radar for for, and his expectations have kind of gone up and up as we've gone on. Uh, but but I think that what's he, it just seems like he never has a bad game. He he's just he's just super solid, and, and I think that I agree with you. I think he's going to start in Laval, but what a luxury that is, right? Like it's great. problem. Like, the, the Canadians haven't had a player like Joshua Hua in Laval. Maybe ever, like, like I, I no, feel that's like he'd be, yeah. I think like he'd instantly be the top forward prospect they had there. Not counting, you know, when they had Caulfield, Caulfield. there yeah. for games, like, like not counting the, those kinds and, um, and, and obviously he has to show what he can do in Laval. Like, I don't want to say he's. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be better than Raphael Harvey Penard or, or Jesse Lin. Like some of the top scorers, Charles Houdon was great in Laval as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying as the a potential. prospect. Yeah, as a prospect, he'd be a top prospect there, and 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 he's someone that you know. He, I, I think the reason why he's getting all these looks, like you saw him in in the, the scrimmages before camp, the before preseason started, you know, with uh, with Doc and, and and Monahan, I think, or, or I, my memory's failing me, but it was definitely two NHLers, um, maybe Newhook. I forget. Um, it's been. I, I barely remember what happened yesterday, but um, he, he got looks with NHLers. And the yeah. reason why you want to do that is not necessarily to start the year, but if they get called up, can they go into that kind of role? And, and I think that, you know, if he gets called up, he's somebody who can play in that top six. He can play in the bottom six. He can kill penalties. Like if he needs to get called up because there's injuries, he's, you know, I think he's probably already at the top of the list in terms of call-up, and, and yeah, he yep. just just a very solid player. Like, so so many times when you have, like, these players that could be good offensively, if they don't score, they don't look very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua Watt doesn't matter. He doesn't have to score to look good. Like, he's just super solid. Like, um, we talk about it with, at, in, as in the eyes of with some of our, our prospect people. And, like, usually prospects improve what they're already good at. Joshua Watt became a completely different player. Like his yep. his weaknesses became strengths, and, and I think that that's that's something you just never see. Uh, and, and I think that that's um, that's why he's he's such a a good player, and, and that's why I think the expectations are so high with him. And uh, and yeah, like I'm not saying he's going to become like a, a top scorer in the NHL level, but he just never has a bad game. And I think that yeah, he's he, he's a, a a big piece of this future because if he if he can hit like the ninetieth percentile of his potential, um that, that's huge for the Canadians. Absolutely Massive. Huge because you have you know, if you can join that core of like Doc and Savkowski and Caulfield and Suzuki, if you can join that that group, um and they add another player there, like you're 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 laughing, especially where he was drafted. Um Big time. It, it's just you know, they, they took Daniil Sobolev. Before Joshua um <laughs> in the same draft, like, like I, I don't want to say the Canadians are that are, are are like that smart because literally in the same the same round they picked Daniel the, the Sobolev before Joshua like, but you know what? Sometimes you need a little bit of luck, um, and and all the credit to Joshua because he he took that as a wake up call when he dropped mm-hmm. to the fifth round and hasn't looked back,
1: and and that's that's a credit to him. That's a, that's a fantastic value. Fifth round pick. Even, even if he just becomes an NHLer, that's, that's a great pick. So uh, he has the potential to be a top six guy, which is absurd. And I'm so happy for him. I'm, I'm really, really excited to see him likely in Laval this year. But I also, I want to emulate what our friend Matt Drake said on the show. I want to <laughs> see him with Nick and Cole at some point in the preseason. Just try it. <laughs> Might as well, right? Like he he has the brain for it, he can think at their speed. Just do it, just do it. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Um, another player that I was excited to see, and I did speak about it with our buddy Matt and Shalinixi. That was Logan Mayu. I wanted to see more of him because I really liked his first game. Um, and tonight he was the most used defenseman. He played 20 minutes, uh, didn't look out of place. I thought he, in fact, was probably one of the most reliable defensemen tonight. On the defensive end, which is great because that's been his concern, that's been his his main kind of hitch is that you know defensively he's a bit loose, ah, he makes mistakes tonight. I thought he was involved, he was physical, aggressive, didn't really you know f- focus too much on the offense. He really was reliable on his own end. I was very pleased with Mayu tonight.
2: Yeah, I, I, what you, what you're seeing with Logan Mayu is, is a player who who really seems like he's he's learning quickly, mm-hmm. um, and I think and I think that was one of the concerns, um, you know, because there, there are a lot of concerns with with just his hockey sense, right? Like that was the reason why um, his defense has been an issue. Um, there was an issue, you know, there was a question of whether he would try to do too much offensively uh, as well, and, and I think that he's kind of learned in the, in the span of like. A couple of preseason games um, uh, you know um what he can do I, I i still think he needs time in laval because no doubt i no think doubt. you know let, let, let's face it you know the toronto Maple Leafs didn't have their best players out there today like uh it's gonna be a lot different when you know you have matthews and nylander and marner uh going against you than when you have you know uh, david camp and and matthew nye is like they're good players but i mean they're not they're not same quality right like those like the low-end nhl as you're gonna see right so um i i think he still needs time because i I think the consistency is still a question mark Mm -hmm. but but you can definitely see the flashes right like the offense is there um the 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 abilities are there um i wish he would hit the net more often i think that's that's the biggest issue right now Mm -hmm. is that he he's you know he's he's missing the net on on shots that he should be hitting net on, and it, it kind of ruins the scoring times because the puck goes around the net. Like you see it all the time, right? Like it, um, he's not the, the only defenseman in the league that, that does that. Um, but but it, it when the, the thing with him is that he's aggressive, right? So he he goes into like the circles, shoots, and misses the net, and then the puck goes around the other end and he's out of position. And you know, that's that's kind of where you get into trouble. Um, but but I think that, yeah, there's definitely flashes. Um, there's definitely, he probably looks. Uh, he, like I said, he's learning faster than I would have expected him to. Um, but but again, the, I, I want to see him in Laval get see see how he does on a day to day basis because I, I do think that um, that's where you're going to see where where he really is. Preseason's great, but you know even the top players in the preseason are going seventy percent, right? Like it's yeah that, that's that's why Fraser Minton looks so good, right? Because he's going one hundred percent, right? Like the the guys who go one hundred percent in preseason are the guys that look the best. Um and, and it's not necessarily going to be like that in the regular season, but yeah, I, I think that there's definitely a lot to be excited about uh, with him. Uh, I, I think that the calls for him to start the year in the NHL and that he's the best defenseman prospect in, in the organization was was a little bit too quick there. I, I think it's a little bit of pressure that he didn't necessarily need. Um, but I think that yeah, he's he's definitely shown some things that um, show why people were excited about are excited about him. Uh, and and the 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 downsides of his game don't really have a, haven't really appeared that often, mm-hmm. um, but but he, he it's it's a process, right? You know, it's it's you know we talk about Justin Barron. I feel like Justin Barron is is at at a better point than Logan Mayu is now. And Justin Barron still has those moments where he doesn't look very good, right? So it. it's it's a it's a work in progress. Um, uh, you know he doesn't have to be perfect, Logan Mayu, because he brings so much offensively. Um, and, and that's going to be the the key to learning how to do that, right? You you see it with a guy like Matthias Norlander, right? Like before coming to North America, he was in highlight reels. He was like doing these behind, yeah. <laughs> you know, between the legs moves, and you you don't see any of that, and it's because you're, you're kind of play conservative right when when you're when you're trying to make the team and you're learning and i think that that's something that he's going to have to learn because if he doesn't if he like if you clip his wings and he's also not solid defensively you're going to look like norlander did the first couple of years in laval where okay what does he do do well right like and now you're starting to see norlander step up a little bit more and things like that and, and i think that you know if, if mayu can balance the two he'll he'll um, he'll be on the right track. But yeah, I, I, like, like, kind of like Joshua Roy, um, no need to rush him. And I think that he's even farther away than Waugh than is. Uh, I, I don't think that they're really comparable in terms of where they are on the death chart. Um, but the good news is that they have him. They can take their time with him. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, maybe play with a guy like, you know, uh, William Trudeau or Jaden or Struble and, and Laval yeah. and, and kind of be a, a, a kind of a, a strong, you know, Second pair uh, power play guy. You talked about Justin Barron before Manning the power play in Laval. Logan Mayu, same thing, right? Like put him on the power play in Laval, let mm-hmm. him do his thing, and uh, and see where it goes. There's a lot of there's a lot of players in Laval who can play on that power play. Nicolas Baudin is another one. Like he 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 transformed that power play when he was acquired from from Chicago last year. So he did, yeah. But but I think yeah, Mayu is is a player who has shown me a little bit more than I was expecting. Uh, especially after that first rookie camp game like um it was it was a little rough early on um mm-hmm. but he's he's gotten better and you can see him making better decisions already and that's a yep. testament to to his ability to learn and that's what he'll need to do yeah, that's what he'll need to do
1: yeah yeah and, and and I think Laval is going to be the perfect place for him you know a young core a, they're all honing in on development there and and yeah. I think I think Laval is going to be a great show this year if you haven't gotten your tickets yet <laughs> do so I know I will. I will I'll be in attendance for a few games no doubt about it so Jared next game tomorrow already right quick turnaround <laughs> likely going to be a bigger lineup this time all right we can expect the big boys to play <laughs> Should be a, a much more interesting game so uh, what are you expecting what do you want to see from tomorrow's game?
2: I just want to see more progression. I, I want to see I want to see first of all who they put with Suzuki and Caulfield if they, if they play. Um, I want to see who they who they give that chance to. Uh, I, I want to see a little bit more from guys who are on the bubble. Um, guys like Emil Heineman I think he's been had a really quiet camp. Um, not that I necessarily expected him to make the team, but some people did. Um, and I, I don't think he's really in that conversation, to be quite honest. Right now, um, I want to see what Alex Newhook can do. Uh, I'm really, mm. I, I I really like what he does, and I'm very curious where they're going to put him. And um, he's a guy that I, I'm I'm excited to see. Leah Anderson is another guy who th- those bubble like in the preseason. That's what I'm looking for. I like to see those bubble guys. I, I want to see how they perform, where they go, whether they get, they make management have a hard decision to make um and, and i think that that's 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 what's fun guys like michael Pizzetta, who is yeah. basically playing for his roster spot as well um and really what i want to see is I, I don't know if if your is going to play or if they're going to give him a, a night off he's already played two preseason games um but i want to see more progression from him because he's his his growth has been really what i think the story of camp um in, in terms of his for sure. you know he's you know yes it's preseason yes it's, it's not the greatest competition but he looks he's trying different things and, and i think that that's the key uh that you want to see from him and, and And i think that that's um that's really good as well i want to see david reinbacher uh, i yes. i feel like he's he's been okay like, like he's been there right and, and mm-hmm. i think that that's fine he he wasn't expected to be kind of that guy you can put into your lineup right away and i think it's good that he's kind of been off the radar a bit so they don't feel the urge to to put him in there um but but i I just want to see more of him uh see what he learns and and things like that so yeah it should be an interesting group tomorrow more interesting than tonight um and and i and i think that there's gonna be a lot of cuts after tomorrow's game as well Um, laval starts their training camp on monday so um yeah guys are kind of giving that last gasp um, the before they 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 make that first big round of cuts, and a lot of those guys are going to be obvious. They're like they're not going to cut the guys that are on the bubble right away. No. Um, but but I'm I'm very curious to see what's going to happen if Jake Allen plays. I'm very curious okay. how he bounces back because he wasn't very good against Ottawa, um, and and I want to see him uh, if he plays a you know uh, whether it's tomorrow or later in the preseason um, because you know they might make that decision easy where they they trade Allen because Primo played him. You know, and and uh, it, it's getting to that point where they might have to make that decision. I don't think they're there yet, um, but uh, yeah, it's preseason is interesting if you're not looking for good hockey. <laughs> if you're looking for stories, <laughs> if you're looking for stories, it's really intriguing. Uh, it if is. you're looking for good hockey, it's you know sometimes you get a good game. Like the Ottawa game was fun. It was. Um, th- this game was not fun. <laughs> and um, Tomorrow should be a little bit more fun, um, but it's it's preseason um and you know it's kind of 50-50
1: <laughs> that's it and no, all today was one to forget uh, on all aspects right a loss and just a, an overall just boring game right not just nothing happening not no one standing out we move on uh, and and you know what thank you thank you jared book jared book from habs uh, eyes on the prize go follow him on twitter go follow eyes on the prize on twitter as well thank you for taking the time thank you for watching the game and indulging me in conversation. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully we have a better one tomorrow and uh, hopefully you get to come back on soon. Thank you, man.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. Take care. Jared book from Habs eyes on the prize. Now, obviously I got to give my man, Tony, a little one spruce. There you go, Tony. We hope to see you soon. And we hope that you can actually find Messi in Florida. Uh, Not quite much luck yet but uh, <laughs> you know what you're not back yet so hopefully there's still time for you and for you all watching thank you for tuning in uh you know hopefully the show was more enjoyable than the game uh, if it was then mission accomplished so thank you for liking commenting subscribing and all that good stuff for sammy juliana and rosa cavallaro over at master control their cavallaro i'm producer shane take care <laughs>
0: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.